Wednesday nights is similar to Bible college. I try to do similar to what I would see in a Bible college. Some Bible classes in a Bible college on Wednesday night. Wednesday night's almost, with me at least, when I do it, it's almost 100% teaching and some application, of course, but mostly teaching. Those things which you would get in a college and look forward to seeing in classes. Revelation 19.10, I fell at his feet to worship him, and he said unto me, See thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant. This is the person that was the servant or the word angel means messenger. It can be a human. It can be a, a supernatural being, a messenger. John the Baptist was a messenger. And he says, uh, I am thy servant and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. That's very interesting. Was it Moses? Was it Elijah? Who was it? Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. That's a very interesting statement. Hopefully... Uh, you, you understand your Bible is the only book in the world that has prophecy. There's just a little, little bit of prophecy in the Quran, but there's a massive amount of prophecy in the Bible that has definitive fulfillment that we can verify historically, uh, verify that it happened. And, you know, the prophecy of that Jesus would come, uh, Isaiah 714 Isaiah 9, 6 is fulfilled, Matthew 1, 22, 23. We just, we, there's many cross-references like that. And so I'm just kind of trying to summarize. This is the end of the year. Kind of a sentimental time for me when I come to an end, end of a year. I've worked hard all year. I've read my Bible. I've tried to memorize Scripture. I've read books about the Bible. I'm on a constant study uh, work. Uh, it's, it's work. It's work to read. It's work to study. And if you think it's not, try it. But it's it's work. And so I got a schedule, and my schedule is my master. And I make myself do this, and it's, it's, enjoy doing it. But you make yourself do it, and it helps you put it. But at the end of the year, you reap the reward of a whole year of putting yourself, uh, your hands on the plow and reading. And, and I'm, I'm blessed. I'm blessed to be able to do another year. And so I'm going to give you kind of a summation, what you find after you've read the New Testament through. Now, many of you, some of you at least, one year we did, a, instead of reading the whole Bible through once, we read the New Testament through five times. You remember that? If you read Matthew through Revelation five times, it's a, a close to an equivalent of reading the whole Bible from Genesis to Revelation. So, because really about, a, they say about a fifth of the Bible is the New Testament and, and four-fifths of the Bible is the Old Testament. So people who don't read the Old Testament are missing out on a lot of what, who God is and what, where God came from and who he is and what he does and, and the testimony of creation and all that goes on with that. By the way, I hope you don't miss what we put on your schedule. Greater McMurtry, the 21st through the 25th, will be here. This is a really opportunity of a lifetime. Uh, Grady, is the last time I heard him, he was better than the time before. The time before that, he was better. It seems like he just gets better every time he comes. I've already talked to him about what he's going to do on Sunday morning. I'm going to have him do something very unusual on Sunday morning, Sunday night. So he's going to teach Sunday school. He's going to do 11 o'clock, and he's going to do 6 o'clock. And it is really going to challenge you. Some of the, some of the material he's got challenges you. And it will help you and encourage you to know your Bible's true, and you can rely on it. The purpose of the New Testament for us. In, Matthew, in John chapter 20, verse 31, is the theme verse, and I mentioned this on Sunday, if I remember right. Uh, it's the theme verse of the book of John. But these are written 
why are they written? What's the Bible written about? What's the New Testament specifically written about? That you may believe that Jesus is the Christ. All this New Testament is written overall to show us Jesus. And in believing, you might have life through his name. That's what God, God, I've said this, you heard me say this, God wants you to go to heaven. He don't want you to go to hell. He's done everything he can do to have you go to heaven. Everything he can do. He's given his only begotten son for us. Allowed him to be, uh, to take our sin upon him. Took the punishment for that sin, Isaiah chapter 53. And took our place on old rugged cross. And he, and he didn't stop it from happening. He could have stopped it from happening at any time. In fact, Jesus could have stopped it from happening at any time. And the Father could have stopped it. But neither one of the angels sitting there, I think, scratching their head. Wondering what is going on. The devil thought he was winning. As I mentioned the other night, thought he was winning, but he wasn't. Had he known this thing was going to turn out the way it is, he would not have crucified the Lord of glory. They wouldn't have done it, but they really did it to their own demise. So we we read the Bible in the big picture so that we may know who the Christ is and that we may believe he is the divine Son of God. That's a good verse to memorize. I didn't ask you to quote that, but could you quote that one? That should be on your list somewhere. So six major conclusions... Uh, you should have from reading and studying the Bible. This this is the New Testament primarily tonight. But these are some six conclusions you should see when you get to the end of the year. First of all, before I go into the, what those six are, the Bible talks about studying the Bible. Study to show that self-approved unto God, a work when needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We're supposed to study the Bible, read the Bible. Now some people say, well, I don't want to read the Bible because I don't have time to study the Bible. It'd be better to read the Bible a lot of times before you begin to study the Bible because you don't want to study the Bible before you know the big picture. When you read the Bible, you learn the big picture. Uh, you, you get the layout of the Bible, how, how the time frame of the Bible. And you should really know that before you start not trying to dive in and know uh, deeper in any particular area of the Bible. So most people try to dive in, but they don't know the big picture. And it's easy to get off track and have misinterpretation when you do that. So it's important just to kind of get the overall, but read the Bible through five times, six times or so, and then that gives you the big picture of it, and dive in and study specifics of the Bible. But you can do both of those things in the same year. You don't have to read the Bible or study the Bible. It's not an or. Study the Bible and read the Bible. You can do it. All you got to do is look on your phone and ask your phone how many hours a day you spend on it. You know, your phone's keeping track of you. Your phone, will, your phone will shock you. I, I would love to do an experiment. Let's take everybody's phone that have that have smartphones, and go to the front and see how many hours your average listen, your average open time of the phone is. Now that's looking at the phone, making phone calls, watching, looking at text, watching news, or whatever you looking at YouTube, Facebook. All that counts as screen time. But find out what your screen time is. Does anybody know what their screen time, average per day screen time is? But you know the people that have one or two minutes or five minutes, they're going to be the ones raise their hand. With the people that are averaging four hours a day screen time, they're not going to raise their hand. But there's people in this room that average three to four hours screen time every day, every day. I won't mention any names. But anyways, you can, 
You, you know what the old boy said one time? You do what you want to do. There's more truth in that. You do what you want to do. If you want to read your Bible and study it, you can read your Bible and study it. But you're going to have to cut back on something else. Amen. TV, movies, screen time on your phone, conversations that maybe you shouldn't make anyway. But anyways, you have to do it. But if you want to do it, you can. Jesus said, search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me. He says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19, we have also a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto you do well. What does that mean, more sure word of prophecy? Well, if you look ahead, if you look at the context of that verse, he talks about the miracles and miraculous things that have happened, uh, been, been revealed. I mean, Peter had a lot of miraculous things that he witnessed. I mean, he saw as much or more, at least Peter, James, and John. They were in on everything. They were in on the Mount of Transfiguration. They were in on all that, that, that group of three guys got to go in on uh, raising people from the dead when the other ones were outside wondering what was going on. Those three were special, brought in by Jesus, brought in and entrusted to see these things. It's Peter that says, we have a more sure word of prophecy. Where until you do well, if you take heed as under the light shineth in the dark place, under the day dawn and a star arise in your hearts. What he's saying there is the written word of God is more sure than all these miracles and, and wonderful things that he got to see. The Bible itself is as sure as it gets. It doesn't get more sure than that. We have a more sure word of prophecy. You can look to interpretation that up and you'll find that's what it's after. But when the come also we have the Holy Spirit to help us when we want to know the Bible. When the comfort has come, whom I will send unto the Father, even the Spirit of truth, who proceedeth from the Father, what should, what's he going to do for you? He shall testify of me. So you, you, you decide you want to study the Bible. God's for you. First of all, God's for you. And if God be for you, who can be against you, right? You want, you want to read the Bible, God's for you. You want to study the Bible, God's for you. You want to search through the Bible, God's for you. you. And because the Holy Spirit himself said, I will help you along the way. I'll help you do it. There's no more important thing I could tell you tonight than to read it for yourself. When somebody gets up and says something that's not right, you're going to go bing, 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 bing. You're going to have that little bell of, of something's wrong here it don't sound right when you get on the internet and hear somebody preaching you're going to go bing 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 that's not he just says something's not in the bible you can't do that if you don't go and do what basically the bible says to do so the bible these six things i want to talk to you about is very clear these are major things that you're going to get and you're going to take away from studying the bible number one the genuine prophecy of the bible withstands examination and investigation Prophecy of the Bible, it's been said that 30% of the Bible is prophecy. 50% of that has been fulfilled literally. God's already fulfilled 50%. And the coming of the Christ and his life, death, burial, resurrection, ooh, I mean, that's, that was a lot of prophecy uh, fulfilled already exactly. What, do you, what would happen to him when he got crucified? And all of that was in the Psalms and in the minor prayers, some also in the major prophets. All, most of that's been fulfilled. Now you have prophecy of what? You got prophecy of the rapture, prophecy of the second coming, prophecy of the tribulation period, the 70th week of Daniel. Uh, you got that, that prophecy you're looking at, you know. And then you're looking at the prophecy that mentions the millennial period, Jesus' second coming, where it sets his feet on the Mount of Olives. That's Zechariah. And where they look upon him whom they pierce, that's not fulfilled. None of that's fulfilled yet. 
the millennial period where he rules and reigns with a rod of iron and the, the lion lays down with a calf and all this other stuff, that's, that's all unfulfilled prophecy. But if you look at the parts of prophecy that have been fulfilled, you can say, well, the Bible fulfills prophecy literally. So that when we look at the part that hasn't been fulfilled, we can say, well, then that should be the way this is fulfilled. Amen? I believe Jesus' feet are going to touch the Mount of Olives. It's going to split in half. One part to the north, one part to the south. There's going to be water come out of it. One to the, one to the, the Mediterranean Sea and one to the Dead Sea. How many here have been to the Dead Sea? Full of salt, you can float in it. Amazing about the Dead Sea is you float vertical. Did you get in it? You float vertical. What about up to here? It's amazing. Normally you float vertical. You about float up to here, right? But the density of the water is so heavy. You float. Well, I had I had a few scrapes and cuts when I got in that. Baby, woo! That lit me up. That salt. It's real heavy salt. And uh, that that lit me up when I walked. Then they then they have a little shower. They still got a shower where you get out of the water and you shower off because that salt that that's pretty rough on you. You'd be like one of them hams in North Carolina hung out hung out on the on the hardware store. You can you can test. Trust me, the Bible has lots of enemies, lots of enemies, and they've tried to prove this book wrong. They've tried to prove the prophecies wrong. They've gone to great lengths at trying to argue, make up very int intricate arguments about how. Uh, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John weren't written by any of those people, and it was some fifth document that they all got their source out of, and how there's no way in the world that they could they could write four Gospels and have them mesh together and tell all, but they did, because the Holy Spirit wrote it. And they're trying to, they're, they're still after them, but it's prophecy's real. So you're going to take away, one of the takeaways is you're going to take away from the Bible, that gen, there's genuine prophecy in the Bible that withstands examination and investigation. That's one of the big things you're going to take. That's one of the major conclusions you're going to have while studying and reading the Bible. The second one is this prophecy proves beyond any reasonable doubt, any reasonable doubt, that Jesus is Christ, the Son of the living God. If you read the book, and look, at least look at the book, uh, Evidence of the Man's Verdict, one of the whole chapters goes in there on probabilities of just eight, just eight prophecies about Jesus Christ being fulfilled literally, just eight of them. And it's, it's, it's just, it, it, the probabilities, like, uh, I can't quite remember, it was just uh, 10 to the 53rd power, some crazy number like that. I mean, it's just out of this world. It's not possible. Mathematically, it's not possible. That these eight prophecies about Jesus, where he would be born, uh, Micah 5 2, Old Bethlehem, Ephrata, though I'll be little among the towns of Judea, out of Hesho, he come forth to me as to be ruler in Israel. Micah 5 2, he was born in Bethlehem. Nobody could know that that far ahead. Nobody could know. You'd be like saying somebody's going to be born in Fort Myers uh, 500 years from now. Will there be a Fort Myers 500 years from now? You don't even know that. It could be wiped out. They may be speaking Russian. This prophecy proved, prophecy proves beyond a shadow of a reasonable doubt, if you're willing to look at it, that, that uh, Jesus indeed is who he said he was. He's a, that's what you're going to get. The, these are takeaways. These are six major takeaways from just reading and studying Scripture. This is what you come up with. Number three. Jesus is God manifest in the flesh. 1 Timothy 3.16. 1 Timothy 3.16. Vito, you got it? 
You got it? Chris got it? And without controversy. Great. You got it. You got it. Now, there's one thing about memorizing scripture. Then there's one thing about saying them under pressure. See, this is this bring under pressure. That's good. Okay, you're zero for one so far, Vito. So it's okay. It's all right. Number four. The fact that I can even ask you is is a compliment to you. It's a compliment to you. That the Bible is no other, there's, one takeaway you get from reading and studying the Bible is that the Bible is like no other holy book, but is indeed the Word of God. 1 Peter one twenty three. That's okay. That's okay. Being born again. By the Word of God. Liveth and abideth forever. You got it, man. You got it. You just need a little push. You're saved by the word of God. Faith comes by. Oh, oh I, shouldn't have, I shouldn't have said that. I think it's Romans 10. Faith comes by hearing. Yeah. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. That's what it is. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. How do you build faith? My, my, my mother-in-law, I was telling and Constantly today, I was talking to some folks about my mother-in-law. I love my mother-in-law. I, I really, I got to grew to love my mother-in-law. She would come to my wife and she'd say, "You better take care of him real good. You got a good one." <laughs> she'd say to her daughter, "That's powerful when a mother talks to her daughter like that." And we come, she said, "Now." You know, you better appreciate him. He fixes stuff around the house. You better really appreciate him. And I'd say, yeah, you better. Her mother never went to church, as far as I know, was irreligious. She wouldn't let me tell her. I've told her about the gospel. She was kind of, but she didn't have any response to it. This went on 40 years we prayed for that woman, plus, to be saved. Nothing happened, nothing happened, nothing happened, nothing happened, nothing happened. She ran out of money. She, I said, I got a prophet's chamber at my house. You're welcome to come and stay with us for free for the rest of your life. She was about 78, 9 years old. She said, okay, if, I, if you allow me to stay with you and help me, I'll go to church. I didn't tell her. There were no prerequisites. She brought that up. She said, I'll go to church. I said, if you come to church, great, God bless you. She said, I'll come every Sunday morning. Well, that was big. So she'd load it up, put some makeup on, load herself, get herself all dressed up, and we'd be out there getting in our trail. We'd come to bus meeting. I was leaving my house at 720 in the morning. She was ready to go, got in the bus or got in the truck, and we came to church. We came to bus meeting, and she was there till we left after service. And she came for about six months, sat in the very back on my right, sat in the back row, and uh, I gave an invitation to be saved one day, and she rolled her, hand, had her little hand up like that. I talked to her afterwards. She asked Jesus to save her. Started memorizing. She said, I don't know anything about the Bible at all. Don't know anything about it. She memorized the books of the Old Testament, that was huge when she could say the books of the Old Testament. Then she memorized the books of the New Testament. And then after work, Kathy would stop and do a little Bible study with her. You're saved by the Word of God. Why'd she get saved? Exposure to the Bible. 
It was exposure to the Bible. I literally witnessed exposure to the Bible over a period of how many months? Six months, maybe. She, uh, she softened her heart, cleared her mind. The Holy Spirit explained her condition because I didn't. The whole, when she came to get saved, she knew what was going on already. I just went took her through the places. She got born from above. It's, I can't tell you how important it is to try to get people to come to church and listen to the Bible. Come to Sunday school class, listen to the Bible. Just, just come, just come. Just expose yourself. Let it wash over you. The washing of water by the word. That's what it is. You're going to come with takeaway that the Bible, the only book, but it's the word of God. The fifth thing you'll come away is a takeaway that the Bible reveals the only true God to us. Okay, Vito, don't cheat on me. First Timothy 2.5. First Timothy 2.5. But there is one, but there is one, one mediator who, who gave himself a ransom for many to be testified in due time. You may not have memorized that part. That's the next verse. That's 5, five, five through 6. You got it. You're honest. See, you're hiding the word in your heart. You're hiding the word in your heart. That's good. The Bible reveals only one true God to us. There's only one God. You know, the Muslims want to come up and the older witnesses want to come up and try to trip you up by saying, hey, you know, there's only one God. And they'll go, ha, 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 there can't be, you know, Jesus is God, the Holy Spirit is God, the Father is God, ha, 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 they're so stupid they can't get out of their own way. You know what it is? They've made God in their image, according to their likeness, and living in their system of restrictions. But God does not have the restrictions we have. He made all the rules. He is one God revealed to us in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Matthew chapter 28, 18 through 20 would be blasphemy at its worst degree to the average Jew to be baptized in the name of the Father would be okay to them. But then put the baptized in the name of the Son? That's how it's in the name of the Holy Spirit? No, 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 no. That's blasphemy. And uh, yet it was revealed to them by the Holy Spirit that that was so. And there's so much more. Let us make man in Genesis in our image after our likeness. The, 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 tri, the triunity of God is, is from beginning to end of the Bible. You just have to have the eyes to see it. The sixth takeaway you'll get in the Bible is that our salvation is only found in trusting in the finished work of Jesus Christ the Son of God, who was resurrected from the dead for our sins. Have you, are you, trusting in Jesus tonight? Him alone for your salvation. I'm not, don't trust. You know, the old thief on the cross, we go to him all the time saying he didn't have time to join a church. He didn't have time to take communion. He didn't have time to do any kind of creed. He didn't have time to memorize verses. He didn't have time to read the Bible. All he said is, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said, boom! You're saved. Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Wow. That's a takeaway you get from Scripture. Let me get some verses about that. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. He that believeth not on the, on the Son, not the Son, shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. So 
How important is it that you get saved? Well, if you're not... How important is it that you get this cord out of here? That's a, I'll be running around that little cart and I'll have to use it. People tonight are objects of the wrath of God. Being held away from that wrath by a boom, 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 boom. By the thickness of an artery or a, or a cat, capillary in the brain, which could break at any time, or break at any time and cause them to either be incapacitated to where they couldn't receive Christ because they can't think, or it could take their life. Knowing they're going to die. Everybody knows. You never get any argument. You go around out there in the world and say, are you going to die? Are you going to die? Yeah, I'm going to die. Sometime, yeah. I mean, I don't think I've had anybody say that they weren't going to die. Now, maybe they've been trying to jest or give me a hard time and all that. I've had people tell me they've never sinned. They're, they're lying like through their teeth right there. But nevertheless, you know, they'll kid around with try to try to make fun of you that way. But ultimately, everybody accepts death. And yet, the Bible says, uh, this is Jesus' words, John 3.36, they're objects of the wrath. Comes right over right on course. So this is one: Whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The next verse is one of the most famous verses in the Bible: For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. I didn't ask you to quote that one. I'm sorry about that. Whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I should give you an easy one. Acts 20, 30, 20, 21, Testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance towards God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. It's worded various ways. Trusting Christ is worded various ways. Jesus said in Luke 13, 3, he said it also in verse 5, Nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Uh, if you're trying to get saved on good works, you're never going to do it. Where do you learn that? The Bible. From this knowledge of the Bible, it is because of those six takeaways that you get, the major takeaways from reading and studying the Scripture. Uh, it's, our, it's the duty of each person who reads the Bible and it, you, by the way, when you read the Bible, you may not have thought about this way, but you just made yourself more responsible. Huh? You made yourself more responsible. I, I think it says in the chat, does this say, do you ever tell anybody ignorance is no excuse? They used to tell, police used to tell me that once in a while, ignorance of the law is no excuse. You're supposed to know the law if you drive. You're supposed to know what those little signs mean and how to how to drive. You're supposed to know how to. They don't give you a break. Oh, hey, you know what? I didn't read the book. I cheated on my test. Or I got my driver's license. Or I bought my driver's license. That's a good one. I bought my driver's license. And uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're going to let me off? Hopefully, Chad goes, no, I'm going to write you a, a triple ticket for this and that and the other thing, and I'm going to take you to jail. But anyways. We, we, from this knowledge of that we have by going through the Word of God, you learn to trust in Christ for salvation, to give his, to give his, the person that reads the Bible, to give his potential to God for service. So these are something. It's our duty to really each person who reads the Bible to trust in Christ for salvation, to give your potential to God. Your potential to God. What is that? I'm 18 years old. I get right with God. I'm still 18, by the way. 
The 18-year-old is in here. He don't look the same, but he sure feels the same. So to give his potential to service. When I was 18, I went before God and I said, God, I have no idea what I'm going to do, what you want me to do. I have no idea. But whatever it is, I'll do it. If you help me, I'll go where you want me to go. If it's Alaska, God forbid if it's Alaska. I mean, I'll have to say that, you know, that's just one of the, I mean, if it's north of the Mason-Dixie, I didn't want to go. And I say, Lord, but even if it's in Virginia, <laughs> but oh, I sure wouldn't mind you calling me to Florida, but I'll do where you want to go. And I got a phone call to come to Florida. I thought, yeah! But I told him I'd go where I wanted to go. And I've suffered down here all these years. <laughs> to recognize Jesus as your Lord. You, once you understand that what we when these six takeaways, man, you should let Jesus be the Lord of all your decisions. He should, you should go to him on every major decision you make. Say, Lord Jesus, is this what you'd want me to do? Lord Jesus, guide everything I do. Every decision I make, please, Lord, I'm telling you. The Bible says every idle word is recorded. So you're recording these words to God. I want to do your will. Please have mercy on me when I don't want to do your will and when I get stubborn about doing your will or if I violate your will. But overall, I'm telling you straight now, I want to do your will. I want to go where you want me to go and be what you want me to be. You would, And I'll witness anyone and everyone along the way. I'll be part of a local, Bible-believing, doctrinally fundamental, evangelistic church in the area I live. First thing I'd want to do when we move somewhere is find a good, fundamental, Bible-believing, old King James Bible for me, King James Bible Church. Had, that had godly music and, and, and believed in holiness. And, and man, I wanted to be part of that work. And oh, by the way, never went anywhere I couldn't find one. We found one. If we wouldn't find one right away, we'd, we'd keep hunting. We'd keep going. You know, the fourth Sunday thing, you just keep moving. And until you find one, the Holy Spirit says, this is it. It's right. And this will be part of it to be part of it. Because a local church isn't, let me try to put this away. Local church is not a, it's not something you can leave or take, take or leave. It is a necessity. There's too much written in the New Testament about the local church for it to be optional. The local church, you can't be right with God if you're not in a local church. Let's just put it that way. You've got to be part of it. Man, make the local church you're going to happy you showed up. Make them when you leave after maybe you move or something or get called somewhere else. Make them cry, hate it. Oh, man, I'm so sorry you got to go. That's the way you want to be. You want to be such an asset to the local church that when that when you leave, they cry, and when you come, they just giggle. Woohoo! You should take away that there's no, there's neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby you must be saved. This is what it should be one of the big takeaways that you read the Bible in the New Testament. And brother Gillespie. That's your mama. Mama's flowers. Those came out from under oak trees in Bradington, Florida, if I remember right. Uh, Jamie's mama had a house 
Was that on the water? Close to the river, yeah. And these oak trees, big oak trees. I remember in my mind there was these big oak trees and there was all these flowers hanging under these oak trees. And somehow we got one of those. I don't know how we got one. But we got one of those and and we put it up under our trees, our oak trees. By the way, if you're going to grow them, they like oak trees. There's some sort of symbiotic relationship between, what, what are those flowers called? Orchids. Orchids and oak trees. Orchids and oak trees. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's an acidic thing, but whatever. Who's, what's that? 20 years old. Look how good it's doing. That's just part of it. We've divided that plant into six different plants. It's actually multiplying. Orchids, you can take them apart and move them around. And, but that's, a, that's, a, that's in remembrance of Jameis' mama, which did a pretty good job with her. That's it. May the Lord help us. Six takeaways from reading your book. I hope you're in the book this coming year. You succeeded this last year. Now you've got a brand new year to attack it by the grace of God and learn what God has for you. Father, thank you tonight for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the Bible. Forgive us where we've, we've fallen short, and all of us have from time to time fallen short of your expectations. May we live up to them by the Holy Spirit's power, uh, confessing when we do wrong and getting right and staying true with a good spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church, Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.